0: Nobody knows, but the times and the seasons, all men will know. Over in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, the Bible says that men's hearts will fail them for what is going on in the world in these last days. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of uncertainty. You read the newspaper. People are worried. They're saying, what in the heck is going on? How many kind of wonder, looking around, what's going on? Anybody besides me? What's going on? Jesus is going on!
1: Welcome to the Destined to Win Podcast with Pastor and Teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the Senior Pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message... Here's Pastor Tim Masters.
0: Very quickly in today's message, I just have three points that I want to get to in the next uh, 20 minutes or so. I've been talking about priorities. I've been talking about the stuff that is happening in the last days. And probably nothing advocates This reality more than the time we live in. And that is the certainty that we have to come to grips with who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. This is the most critical thing that you and I can do in these last hours, these last days that we live. Why? Because it's only in this that we'll be able to overcome the things that are going to come upon this world. The Bible says the day and the hour nobody knows, but the times and the seasons all men will know. Over in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, the Bible says that men's hearts will fail them for what is going on in the world in these last days. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of uncertainty. You read the newspaper, people are worried. They're saying, what in the heck is going on? Can I say that in church, live? I just yeah. did? Okay. How many kind of wonder, looking around, what's going on? Anybody besides me? I know Gary is. He knows what's going on. Yeah. What's going on? Harrison. Jesus is going on! Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're not supposed to get too excited in here. Yeah. But men's hearts are failing them for the fear and it says, listen to this, that many hearts are growing cold. This is, talk, this is Matthew 24, uh, 12, I believe it is. In the church of Jesus Christ. It says, because iniquity abounds. In the church, the love of many grows cold. But he goes on in that passage and says, But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And will overcome. Peter, who is an authority on mercy, forgiveness, and compassion, writes some keys that will help you and I. And he said, if we would do certain things, we would never fall. Let me read 2 Peter chapter 3. We start in the first verse. This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And in both of them, I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember that the holy prophet said a long time ago, and what our Lord and Savior commanded through our, your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. The first time in the history of America, an inauguration speech by the President of the United States says that gay people need to begin to be recognized just as everybody else. Amen. Never before has that platform been given to such a personal issue. But it's the picture of the world because the Bible says, As it was in the days of Lot, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Walking after their own desires. All they want is rights. I want what's right. Well, folks, when I read my Bible, there's certain things ain't right. They will say, in fourth verse, what happened to the promise of Jesus' coming? Before the times of the ancestors, everything has remained. It's been the same since the world was first created. And listen what it says in the fifth verse. And they deliberately forgot. They deliberately forgot. That God made the heavens by the word of his command. He brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up by fire or for fire. They are kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. You must, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like one day. This is where a lot of people get the idea that the Lord is coming back after 6,000 years. The, seventh, the 7,000th year, that last millennium, is the rule and reign that He will have. Because the Bible from Genesis to Revelation talks about it. A day with the Lord is a thousand days. The Lord created the heaven and earth in six days. Six literal days, I believe the Bible is very clear on. But that six days also represents the 6,000 years from the beginning of creation to the end of the church age. Are you with me? Am I making it clear enough? So here's the picture. The Lord isn't really slow with His promise... As some people think so. No, he is patient for your sake. Because he does not want anybody destroys. Ezekiel says, God has no pleasure in the death of, his, of the wicked. But wants everyone to repent. Listen to what it says here. But the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The very elements disappear in fire. The earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should we live? I want you to write a little note there because I don't. I, I think did I leave that whole scripture in your notes? Because it's a lot, the whole chapter. Uh, write a note there, 2 Peter three eleven, because this is our message. Looking forward to the day of, the, of God and hurrying it along. On that day, He will set the heavens on fire. The elements will melt. Away in the flames. And we, but we are looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth that he has promised. uh, A world filled with God's righteousness. And so dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. That is what The beloved brother Paul also wrote with his wisdom that God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his commands are hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different. Just as they do with all the other parts of Scripture. And this will result in their destruction. I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends... Be on the guard so that you be not carried away with the errors of the wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must know, must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. There are three things that I think we can do very simply if we want to overcome all the stuff. Number one, is literally to stay eternally focused. Get our eyes off of the temporal things that are happening and put our eyes back on Christ. Jesus being the priority in your life and mine is essential for us to have victory in our lives. We will face obstacles. Say that with me. We will face obstacles. James wrote, say, Don't think it's strange the fiery trial that you and I will go through as though some strange thing happened we'll still also not just face obstacles, but we'll have opportunities. And every obstacle can be an opportunity, yet every opportunity can be an obstacle. It all depends on whether they draw you to or repel you from Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, an obstacle can be there to help develop our faith and our patience. But this is the problem that happens in many people's minds. Many people think that just because the Lord is in something... You know, if it's God's will, it's going to go smooth. That's just not true. The Bible is full of instances that point out this reality. Let's look at the life of Job. God was right in the middle of Job's life, wasn't he? Let's look at the life of Joseph. Joseph spent a ton of time in prison and in all kinds of trouble. Yet God was right in the middle of it. How about David? How about Daniel in a lion's den? Then people think... Well, if it goes smoothly, well, then it's got to be God. But this is also not true. Just because it goes bad does not mean it's not God, and just because it goes good does not mean it is God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says that all the things that we have done in this life as Christians are going to be tried. They're going to be put to the test. And some are going to last, and some are going to be burned up with fire. We ourselves will be saved, but yet... I'm always cognizant of that one passage in 1 Corinthians 3 where he said, you're going to be saved yet as by fire. I'm talking about being eternally focused. There are opportunities that can be there to deter our faith. There are good things that happens in people's lives simply for the purpose of getting them to distract themselves from the things of God. Think of Demas. Think of Judas. Think of Ananias. But the Bible very clearly says in Colossians chapter 3: since then you have been raised with Christ. Underline that in your notes, would you please? Since then you have been raised with Christ. You know what that means? Because you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are born again, you have uh, been baptized, you've went down into that watery grave, and you've come back in newness of life. Since you have been raised with Christ, listen to what he says, set your heart on the things above. Set your minds, he goes on to say, on the things above and not on earthly things. Look at me, church. The stuff that is happening in the world has been foretold since the beginning. It has all been talked about. Get our eyes off of that and look up because the Bible says our redemption draweth nigh. I don't know today, tomorrow, next month, next year, next decade, next century. Don't have a clue. But I do know the signs and the seasons say, folks, I'm at the door knocking. Ready or not, here I come. Somebody say amen this morning. Peter tells us to be mindful of the things of this world. To look at what's happening in this world. But he tells us why. That we won't be deceived and molded into what society is doing. The Bible says we are in the world, but we're not of the world. The Bible says the problems arise. When you and I start looking at things instead of lifting our eyes to Christ, can you say amen? Amen. In verse three of our text, it says, people will become blatant in mocking the Lord's return. And they will sit back and say, well, you know, the prophets, the apostles, they've talked about it. And the Bible says, where is it? This is what these scoffers Where is the return? And they will go about inflamed and incensed and doing their own desire. And you say, well, that's the world. That's what the world does. But what about the church? You see, there's many in the church that say, yeah, he hasn't returned. Oh, that preacher, man, he's a big old bag of wind. I know none of you say that. He just tells us this stuff. Oh, but where is? He hasn't returned. And he's been talking about it since I've been in this church. Other churches have been talking about it for years. But it'll probably be a long time before he turns. I will just do what I want to do and I'll get right with God later. Don't raise your hand, but maybe that person's sitting in your chair. I'll just do what I want to do and I'll get right with God later. You see, that's what Peter tells us. Be mindful of what's going on. Because if not, we'll get... Sucked in to what the world is doing and saying it's okay. The book of Ecclesiastes, and I can't remember exactly the scripture, but it says because judgment doesn't happen speedily, the heart of man is bent on doing wicked. Because God doesn't judge right now. I don't know about you, but I, when I was a young Christian, there was a couple things that I was doing, and man, I was waiting for the fire to fall. Anybody like me? I'm doing some stuff. I may mean, I even got to the place that I did it, and I didn't see the fire fall, and I said, God, there's no sense asking you to forgive me. I'm just going to do it again. I've been sucked in to the world system. But thank God that he got a hold of me. But is this not what happens? You see, the Bible says we have to always be eternally focused. Let's go to Matthew 24, where I was talking about earlier uh, in this message. The Bible says, if you are evil, and say to yourself, my Lord won't be coming for a while, and begin oppressing, that word oppressing, you can find out in the original language, says acting offensively or being non-Christian around other Christians, your fellow servants, partying, getting drunk. That wouldn't apply to anybody here, would it? I could throw that scripture away. Andrew, remind me to remove that, okay, would you please? Partying, getting drunk. Look what he says. Your Lord will arrive unannounced and unexpected and severely whip you and send you off to judgment with the hypocrites. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now we understand what he's talking about. The Lord's return. The rapture. In a moment, in a twinkling of eye. See, in our text in verse 5, it says they deliberately forgot. You and I must be mindful. If we are going to make it through. These times and remain a Christian example and a Christian testimony. We must remain mindful, must remember God's word established the beginning and will accomplish the end, according to Isaiah 46. The Lord will come unannounced, unexpected, in a day that no one is looking. Be ready. Say, Pastor, what if I'm not looking? If you're ready, you're looking. You see, the only ones that won't be looking are those that aren't ready. They're just kind of going along through life. Galatians chapter 6. Don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. Man, I could preach a whole month on that sermon. You can't ignore God and get away with it. A man will always reap just the kind of crop he sows. You say, Pastor, I have sowed a bunch of bad stuff in my life. What do I do? Same thing I've done. Pray for a crop failure. Pray for a crop failure. If he sows to please his own wrong desires, he'll be planting seeds of evil. And he will surely reap a harvest of spiritual decay and death. But, if he plants good seeds of the Spirit, he will reap the everlasting life the Holy Spirit gives to him. Listen to what it says. Let us not get tired of doing what is right. Ladies and gentlemen, look at me. This is the greatest struggle, one of, I should say, one of the greatest struggles that Christians have. Man, I, I, I'm doing right. What is the deal here? I'm still going through problems. Ladies and gentlemen, the Word of God says that's what is going to happen. Don't think it's strange just because you're living for God that you sometimes spend a couple days in a bad place. Am I making sense today? How am I doing, Pauly, okay? Don't get tired of doing what's right for after a while. How long is a while? Don't know, folks. After a while, we'll reap a harvest if we don't get discouraged and give up. We've got to stay eternally focused. Folks, our life is not six this morning to midnight or whatever your daylight hours are. Our life is eternity. The second thing is we've got to stay internally strong. Literally, that means we've got to develop perspective and patience. See, God has called us a peculiar people. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about obnoxiously strange. Don't look at that person sitting next to you though. Okay. He has called us to be a peculiar people. You know what it means? To be beautifully different. Not allowing the pressures of society to squeeze us into their mold, but using our commitment to God as a light to shine in this darkening world. What will happen? In this world, in this apathetic hour we live, people are going to begin to revert to a complacent mentality just like the rest of the world. They're going to become complacent and apathetic. Why? Because just like it says in verse 4 of our text, everything continues as it was. What's the difference? And this is what happens. Then we start defending the world. Christians defending the world? Let me explain. We'll sit back and say, well, Pastor, I don't think it's so bad. I read that end time stuff you said. I don't think the world's that bad. There's another person doing this and he says he's a Christian. So now instead of being defenders of the faith, we have become justifiers of our actions. We must continually to be internally strong if we're ever to hope to overcome and decide between obstacles and opportunities. If not, we will find the desires of this world that are playing for your life and mine to begin to replace the desires for the things of God. Are you with me this morning? This is probably, we talked about a man named Demas. And I, I asked I asked Chris to put this up specifically like this because I want to give you the chronicle of a backslider, of a person that turned away from God. The Bible talks about a man named Demas. Now, before I say anything else, let me tell you about the, chronolo- the chronolo- chronology. Is that correct chronology. Thank you. The numerical order of things in the Bible. The Bible was not written Genesis to Revelation in that order. The New Testament was the same. Most scholars believe the book of James was the very first book written. Okay? And then it goes on from there. This chronology that I'm giving you about Demas is exact biblical chronology in the writing of the books. The very first time we see this man named Demas, three times, and three times only, he's listed in Scripture. The first time... And once again, around around 58 to 60 is when the book of Philemon or Philemon was written. This line is recorded. Luke, my servant, Demas, named a couple other guys, my fellow servants, my fellow, excuse me, my fellow laborers are here with me. Uh, An accolade about this great man of God named Demas But something happened between Philemon being written, Philemon being written, and Colossians being written, just about a year's time, when Paul wrote the church to Colossae. It talks about Luke, and it talks about a couple others, but then it kind of says, and Demas. In other words, Demas is just there. Nothing important, he's just there. And then about three years later, Second Timothy is written. And here's the sad epitaph of Nicodemus, or uh, excuse me, of, of Demas. Said, he left me having loved this present world more. Look, look at me. Society is trying to squeeze us into, well, this is just the way it is. Everybody deserves rights. I went to a meeting this last week. There's a big thing in in Flagstaff on, on gay rights and stuff like that. And, folks, I'm not opposed to people. I'm opposed to sin. And so they're having a big meeting on Tuesday night, and they're trying to pass an ordinance for the civil rights of homosexuals. It's called protected status. To where a preacher preaching like I am today they can come in here and haul me to jail for hate speech. A preacher, you deserve it. I don't think so, Demas. Oh, did I say that? We gotta be careful what we say is okay. When God says it's not. Now I don't tell you to stand up on the street corner uh, and, and preach, you know, you're gonna burn in hell, you're gonna No. Love them. Just like you would love the adulterer or the fornicator or the you know the sinner of any kind. That's what we're supposed to do. I would love to have our church full of homosexuals. Well, you'd have to preach different. No. They would grow. And by God's grace, they would change. We well, say, Pastor, what if they didn't? Well, there's only two options you grow or you go. No, okay. <laughs> Lib. Heather, yeah. okay good, are you with me, we've got to not succumb to society, we've got to t- stay eternally focused and internally strong, what happened with Demas, is he went from a fellow laborer to a guy that this of the world wasn't too bad, and it's okay. After all, Jesus hasn't returned. And this is the way life turning from God to the world is chronicled. It happens slowly. A person stops applying the truth of Christ to their life, and then pretty soon, they're just somebody living in the world. See, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, over and over, He says those that endure till the end. He said only those that overcome will inherit eternal life. We've got to stay internally strong. We have to have a right priority on life and situations and know that even the bad, God said, I will work together for the good of those who are called according to my purpose. But there's one piece that we kind of blow over. Those that love me and are called according to my purpose. We learn patience and virtue. Quickly, just give me a few more minutes. Number three, we've got to stay eternally focused, internally strong, and externally effective. Folks, if they don't see it in our lives, it's just because it's not there. If they don't know you're a Christian by your lifestyle, and I'm, this is going to come across hard, it's because you're not. Are you okay? If they can't tell you're a Christian by your lifestyle, it's because you're not. Years ago, I was working for a company. And I witness everywhere. I tell people about, I can sometimes embarrass you. You come along with me, I can embarrass you about Jesus sometimes. Okay? My wife even said amen. Okay? But listen to me. I went to this new job, and I told God, I went to the job, and said, God, I'm not going to tell anybody about you. I want to find out if they can see you without me saying a word. Thank God it it wasn't a week that people were coming up to me and asking me, what's different about you? What is different about you? You say, well, you're the pastor. I wasn't a pastor. I was only saved for a short amount of time. But you see, I take this life serious. There's an old history teacher that told his kids at the beginning of class. He said, you've got two ways to take this class, serious or over. Folks, we're in the class of life, and we can't take it over. We've got to be eternally focused, internally strong. And externally effective. 2 Corinthians chapter 15. How, how we thank God for all of this. It is He who makes us victorious through Christ Jesus our Lord. So, dear brothers, since future victory is sure, be strong and steady. Always abounding in the Lord's work, for you know nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted. When we look at all the happenings in the world, there is one thing for certain, ladies and gentlemen Jesus is coming back. The key is that we keep growing until He does. In verse 9 of our text, he said, I'm not forgetting my promise of coming back. He said, I want people to get saved. I want you to live on and press on and not look back and grow and mature and stop worrying about what happens. Then if I stand up for Christ, I'm going to lose my friends. Were they really friends? Let me add the other side. Were you really a friend because you weren't telling them of the damnation coming? Oh, I can't say that word in church anymore. That's right. Yeah, I did. That's okay. Leave it in the tape. It's good. God wants us to continue to press on. You you see what I'm talking about? I'm talking about maturity. I'm talking about growing in Christ. You know what? What it means to mature? To mature means to change. To change means to grow. To grow means to learn the things of God. To learn means to stand. And the only way to stand is in Christ Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Ladies and gentlemen, it is hard for you and I to change. Look at somebody and say, I knew he was talking about me this morning. Folks, it's hard to change. Why do we think it's easy for somebody else? It's hard for everybody. That's why we need each other. Let's go back to our text. Since everything will be destroyed, what kind of people should we be? We ought to live holy and godly lives. The title of our message, In What We See Happening in This World, how should we be? We should be living holy and godly knives. One way we know that we are growing, difficulties that used to bother us no longer bother us. Look at me for just a second. If you are bothered by the same stuff today that you were bothered by a year ago, you haven't grown. Do I say that the same problems are not going to be the same as they were a year ago? Yeah, they may. But the question is, have you grown to the point that it doesn't bother you anymore? Why? Be mindful of the world. It is doing exactly what the word of God said it's going to do. Remember, God's not slack concerning his promises. I want people saved. And pressure causes people to begin to look out. And if you're there as a Christian testimony, it'll cause them to start to look up. We've got to become externally effective in the things of God. In the world that we see, how should we be? Difficulties that bothered us yesterday should not bother us today. You say, oh, pastor, what if they still bother me a little bit? That's okay. It's less than yesterday. And it'll be less tomorrow. And then one day you're going to look that devil right in the face and say, you ugly and your mama wore combat boots. And you're not going to worry about it anymore. If you are new to this church, my humor does get better. No, okay. (laughs) Oh, God help us, feeble-minded preacher. First, first, First Chronicles chapter 28. The Bible says be strong and courageous and get to work. Don't be frightened by the size of the task. The Lord is always with us. He will not forsake us and he will see to it that it's finished correctly. We don't have to know, folks, how all things work when we know the one that works all things. We don't have to know what tomorrow holds when we know the one that holds tomorrow. Let me conclude with Second Peter back in our text starting with the 15th verse. But I'm reading out a different translation. Listen to what it says. Remember why he is waiting? He has given us time to get his message of salvation out to others. Folks, that's why he's waiting. You mean if I get out there and start witnessing and testifying that he will come back faster? He will come back exactly when he said he was coming back. But it will make your life shine a lot brighter. Otherwise. Our, excuse me, our wise beloved Paul has talked about these things in many of his letters. Some of his comments are not easy to understand. And there are people, I love, I love this translation, there are people who are deliberately stupid. <laughs> you see, that's the kind of thing a preacher would probably want to say, but he can't say it. So the, the Bible said it, okay? It's right there. The Living Bible, transla- I love it. Anyway. And always demands some unusual interpretation. That's why they have just released a brand new Bible. It's called the Queen James Bible. We have the King James. The homosexual community has just released the Queen James. If you don't believe me, go out and Google it. They have twisted his letters, it goes on to say, around to mean something quite different from what he actually meant. Just as they do the other parts of Scripture. And the result is disaster for them. Listen to what he says. I'm warning you ahead of time, dear Brothers... Dear brothers, so that you can watch out and not be carried away with the mistakes of these wicked men, lest you yourselves become mixed up. Folks, we want to live a victorious life. It's simple. Stay externally focused, eternally focused, internally strong, and externally affected. And God will not lose sight of us because we have not lost sight of Him. Can I hear you say amen?
1: Az.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters.